Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Oh, Brian, what have you done now? Oh, Brian, what have you done now? This is Back to the Future, the podcast. Presented by the Bradshaw Show. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, they're going to see some serious shit. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? 1.21 gigawatts. I can't. Hello? Hello? Anybody home? Hey, this is fly me you got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Back to the Future, the podcast, the only podcast on the entire universe. Looking back in time at the greatest film trilogy of all time, Back to the Future, I'm your friend in time, Brad Gilmore, and, and a few weeks ago I put out a time capsule because I was trying to find the perfect co-host for season two of Back to the Future, the podcast. And uh, you know, I got a few emails, a couple dozen, started looking through them, and then I found out I need two people. I found the perfect two co-hosts for Back to the Future, the podcast, season two. I'm going to introduce them to you now. First off, this man has flown over from from Ireland. This man is from Dublin, Ireland, and now he resides in Orlando, Florida, David Mitchell. Hey, great to be here. Um, really excited to be part of this, and uh, I guess you can call me the, uh, the Seamus McFly, except for the uh, dodgy accent. <laughs> and all the way from State College, Pennsylvania, Mr. Norman Binford. How you doing, Norm? Well, I'm doing great, Brad. David, uh, it's nice to finally meet you after exchanging so many messages. Just really excited to share some great conversation with some new friends about some great movies. Wow. Here we go, guys. Here we are. It's time to do the, the first, our maiden podcast, our maiden voyage this is our this is our test. This is Einstein going in the DeLorean to test to see if you can really go into the future. This is it right here. I'm so excited. Let's talk about it first. Let, let me start, David. What what um what made you want to uh, submit first of all to uh, to be a part of Back to the Future the podcast? Um, I guess the movies as a whole has been part of my life since from as from as, as long as I can remember. Um, just obsessed to an unhealthy degree, you know, kind of verbatim, not a script. And, you know, I just feel I have a lot to uh, give and a lot to talk about, especially with the anniversary of this year. Um, it's on everybody's minds. And uh, it's just so good to be able to talk about and share knowledge and just uh, enjoy these magnificent movies, you know. No, I definitely agree. Norm, what about you? What made you want to be a part of the podcast? Well, I have liked these movies for a very, very long time. They, for many years, occupied kind of that rare air of a movie that if I happen to click past it on the television, 
there was no question that I was going to stop and finish that out. And probably about a year, year and a half ago, I just really, really started re-watching these movies intently. They became almost kind of like the de facto background entertainment for me. If I was working from home or working around the house, I, I almost always had one of the Back to the Future movies on in the background. And my appreciation for these films has just grown and grown over the past year or so. And I, quite by accident, on a random search in my podcast client, found your first season of the Back to the Future podcast, devoured the whole thing you know, in a matter of days, and then when you put out the call for co-hosts, I just kind of felt like it would be silly for me to not get in touch with you. Well, see, I'm glad the both of you decided to reach out because, you know, I feel like between the three of us, we, we should be able to get into some good Back to the Future uh, discussion and news and, and kind of cover everything for season two. I want to make it a little bit different from season one. I want us to, to kind of, you know, dive a little deeper into the films and, and talk about the characters, um, talk about the Doc Browns, the Marty McFlys. Um, you know, I, people know on this show, you know, I mean, I, I discovered these movies as a very young child. Um, you know, I watched them over and over again. I, I remember, you know, I, I went to Blockbuster when they still had Blockbuster, when that was still a thing. Um, I went to Blockbuster and, you know, rented Back to the Future Part 1 and then, you know, went home, watched it on my VCR. There we go. Another piece of antiquated equipment. And um, as soon as I watched it, I was like, oh, man, there's a Part 2? And then literally I had my mother drive me back to the Blockbuster to get a to get Part 2. And then I came home and I found out there was a Part 3 after I watched Part 2. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Mom, I know you're going to hate me, but I have to watch Part 3. So from then on, I bought the, the 25th anniversary DVD set and um, uh, the Blu-ray set, I mean, the 20th anniversary DVD set. And now coming up in October, they have the... Uh, the 30th anniversary edition Blu-rays along with the uh, animated series, which we're going to cover eventually. And I know, Norm, you're looking forward to that. But we're going to be covering the uh, animated series eventually here on the show. So I'm really excited. This is the 30-year anniversary. Let me say, uh, Norm, what what about it, though? What was your earliest memories, I should say, of, of Back to the Future and the, the trilogy? Well, I believe, if memory serves, I saw part one on VHS and not in the theater. And by that time, they had already figured out they were going to be making the second one. So they put that to-be-continued tag on the end of the VHS release just to kind of get people excited. And I saw two and three in the theater. And, you know, as a younger man, definitely walking out of my first overall experience, part three was, was far and away my favorite. And that has changed over time. But there was just something about part three that, for me, was special. It just... I think when I realized how much I enjoyed Part 3 was when they, they popped that hoverboard out of the DeLorean, and that was kind of the, the, the deus ex machina that saved the day. And I was like, you know what? They put a lot of thought into these movies. And I just had a real appreciation for the amount of plotting and attention to detail that, that was there. And, and still holds all these years later. I mean, a lot of people, myself obviously included, are going to argue that, that Back to the Future set the standard for time travel movies just as far as what could be logistically possible. No, I mean, I definitely, I mean, I definitely agree. I mean, I think it set, you know, the standard for just a summer blockbuster movie in general. Uh, David, what about you? What were your earliest memories 
um, of the Back to the Future trilogy. Yeah, well, obviously, when the, f- the movie released in theaters, I was only one, so I was a little too young to see that. But I do remember either seeing it on TV or VHS, um, probably in the late 80s, probably when around part two came out. Um, I remember falling in love with the character of Marty McFly. You know, I just thought he was the coolest ever, you know playing guitar, uh, listening to Huey Lewis, going on skateboards, riding on the back of cars. You know, I was like, I want to be this dude, you know. And when you're that age, it's mainly the music and the story and the comedy that appeals to you. But as you grow older, obviously you appreciate how well written they are, and especially when they connect to part two and three. Um, I did get a chance to see part three in the theaters. I must have been about five or six. Um, That's one of my fondest memories, too. seeing that there was a new one coming out and i actually got to see it on the big screen that was an amazing experience but um i'd say at that age probably part two resonated the most because it was this vision of the future that nobody had seen before it was all the flying cars the hoverboards the self-lace and nikes is just like wow is this what the future is going to be like you know so it was very very exciting but um yeah as 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 yourselves too um proved like over the years just devoured everything I could, finding out information, the DVDs, the VHS, the um, any sort of memorabilia, and then looking lucky enough to get to travel to the United States uh, in 2001 for the Back to the Future ride, which was amazing in itself too. Now, Norm, you were on, you went on the ride as well, right? I did. I, I consider myself amazingly fortunate that when I was going on the ride, I really still Back to the Future was one of those, oh, if I flip by it, I'll watch it movies for me. But I was lucky enough to be out there the last season that that was open before they changed it over. I believe they changed it to a Simpsons Springfield ride. Yeah, Yeah, it's the Simpsons, yeah. And I I was out there with a friend, and after we rode that ride, I was like, I definitely need to go home and watch the movies one, two, three, back to back to back again. And again, I would call that kind of a progression of my fanhood or fandom, whichever is the preferred term these days. But again, so thankful that kind of by dumb luck, I was able to be there for the last summer and ride those rides. And boy, I kind of wish I could go back and walk through the gift store now and grab a few things off the shelf. Cause I certainly did not that day. You know, that's David, that's what you were telling me. You were telling me that this gift shop they had for the ride was like the most incredible thing you've ever seen. Yeah, my my first trip to America was in 2001, and we passed through uh, California, and we obviously went to Universal Studios for the day, and uh, went to Back to the Future ride, and rode it a million times, and uh, the Back to the Future Time Travel Depot, I think is what it was called, in there they had like the most incredible stuff that I'd never seen before, especially being from Ireland, but uh, I remember they having like plush Einstein dogs, they had remote control DeLoreans, um, which I actually purchased, it was... Um, a remote control DeLorean, which the control was on as a, as a wristwatch. So it was kind of uh, comparable to Doc Brown's little remote control DeLorean. But um, just pl- loads and lots and lots of uh, other stuff I can't really remember too well. But, you know, if I could have bought the whole store, I probably would have, you know. Uh, man, you know, that's that's my biggest regret as, as a fan of Back to the Future. You know, that actually made me think, what do, what do people call themselves if they're Back to the Future the fan? You know they have like like they have like believers if you're like a Justin Bieber fan which I I would hope neither one of you are. Well I wonder what's the term for back to the future fans. Do you have like we need to come up with a name for this. What are y'all uh, thinking? 
Futurites? On the spot. Futurites? That's not bad. Norm, what you got? Well, I was thinking uh, backies, but just like Trekkies (laughs) don't like to be called Trekkies, I don't think people would like to be called backies. And there's also a certain negative connotation that some may pick up on, so... I, I may need yeah. to do on that for a little more and come up with something a, a little more acceptable. A little more PC, maybe. Backies definitely sounds like the derogatory term uh, to call yeah. somebody if they're a Back to the Future fan. Uh, Futchats or whatever you just said, uh, David, wasn't, wasn't too bad. But we'll, we'll, we'll sit on it. But my biggest regret as a as a Backie, if you will, um, was uh, not being able to ride the Back to the Future ride. And I'm not even exactly sure what the ride consisted of. If one of y'all want to tell us kind of what... What was a part of the ride, and what you actually did on it? I would love to know. Uh, well, sure. my recollection can... of it. Go ahead, David. I'll, I'll see the floor to you. <laughs> no, no. Um, pretty much, uh, the building itself was classified as the Institute of Future Technology, and this is where Doc Brown opened up an institute and conducted a lot of experiments. And you're basically in line in the pre-show and. Doc Brown needed volunteers to time to test his new um, remote control DeLorean, and it just so happens that Biff broke into the building and stole one of the one of the DeLoreans. But he also trapped Doc Brown behind bars. Um, so it was up to us these uh, are in an experiment to to try out his remote control DeLorean and go after Biff to retrieve the DeLorean and, and save the universe pretty much. But also it was pretty much, uh, you got into these, uh, obviously mock DeLoreans. It was kind of like a simulator thing. And these big domed IMAX screens surrounded you, um, which is where the action took place. And there was, you know, smoke and, uh, the, the cars was, was moving left and right and forward. And there was actually little time displays on the dash, which is pretty cool. And, um, it was very, very good, especially for the for the technology at the time. It was it was pretty amazing, you know. But uh, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Is that what you remember about it, Norm? That was pretty much the the basis that he covered all the all the good points. Yeah, he did. And the one thing, a couple things that I can think of that that I think are worth addressing is just the, the attention to detail and putting the story together. You know, they. Well, first of all, they had a, I don't know if they did when you were there, David, but when I was there, they had a guy and he did it for years and he was very convincing. He was a a live action guy dressed as and portraying Doc Brown out interacting with the crowd almost the whole time they were in line, which really, really enhanced the experience. Mm -hmm. And the ride itself was, it it was set up on like, uh, you know, hydraulics. And I just remember it being, the hydraulics were synced very, very well together with the action that was taking place on the IMAX screens. So if you could kind of allow yourself to fall for the magic for a minute, you could get those butterflies in your stomach just from being raised on the, off the ground by the rear hydraulics. But it really felt like you were plunging down these tremendous depths. There was one part of the ride where you were being chased around these really, really deep caverns by a Tyrannosaurus Rex, I think. And it, it was so convincingly done that if you would allow yourself to be swept up in the moment, you could physically almost feel the movement of the ride. It, it was a, just a really, really great experience. 
See, the more the more y'all talk about it, the more you're rubbing it in. The fact that I didn't get to see uh, experience this thing live uh, and in living color. That sounds like the best time ever. The only thing I don't like about it is no one can be Doc Brown better than Christopher Lloyd. That's all I'm going to say about that. But, you know, speaking of the characters, the great characters, um, I talked about it last season on the show. My favorite character, of course, from the series, Doc Brown. I mean, Chris Lloyd. One is probably one of my top five favorite actors of all time. We think about you know the movies he's been in, from the Adams Family to the Page Master, and um, uh, he was he's been in man he's been in like everything that I loved as a kid. Um, what what do you think? I'll, I'll throw this to you, Norm. What's your favorite character from the film series? It doesn't have to be the main character. It could be like a Seamus McFly, like David over there. It could be uh, it could be anything. What are you thinking? Well, this this answer, like many of my answers, will start with my tastes have changed over the years. Uh, as a young teenager, when Back to the Future won, when I saw that for the first time, it, it was simply impossible to not have some kind of hero worship for Marty McFly. He wasn't a big tough guy. He wasn't he wasn't super smart. He was just kind of. A kid who could play the guitar and ride a pretty mean skateboard who got swept up in this crazy old man's even crazier adventures. And, and yet he somehow managed to rise to the occasion and really pull everything together nicely in the end. Or at least pull his his responsibilities in 1955 together in the end. As, as an, an adult, I, like you, probably gravitate to Doc Brown more just because... It's so hard not to appreciate the just the maniacal joy that Christopher Lloyd displays in his portrayal of that character. I mean, so over the top, but at the same time, completely believable. And that's difficult to pull off. So I would say probably today, like you, it's going to be Doc Brown. What about you, David? Are you riding with us? Are you, are you team Doc Brown or do you have a different choice? I can definitely appreciate Doc Brown, um, especially being an actor myself. Um, the performance by Christopher Lloyd, you know, covering all that exposition and just the character he created is so iconic. Um, especially also of appreciation for Crispin Glover and, and Tom Wilson as well. Those characters are so unique and individual and it's the actors portraying them that makes them what they are. Um, especially the writing doesn't, the writing helps too, but, um, Character-wise, I mean, it's got to be Marty McFly. I mean, this guy pretty much was me, or is me. I mean, playing guitar, listening to rock music. Um, didn't do the skateboarding part, but, you know, just like the coolest dude. And, you know, you can't go wrong with Marty McFly, you know? You definitely can't go wrong with Marty McFly, but you brought up something that I really like. Biff, Tom Wilson, right? I mean, this guy was such a presence on screen so convincing that he was a bad guy. I mean, and, and such a talent because I recently found out that all those like make like a tree and leaves, those were all like improv from him in the first movie. Those were his ideas that he brought to the character and they were sub uh, subsequently written into uh, the sequels uh, to be a part of his whole persona and the characterization of Biff. And when we bring up Biff, I think Biff, you know, is the main focus to a certain extent of Back to the Future Part 2. I mean, it all kind of centers around Biff and revolves around the Biff character. Um, old Biff giving young Biff the uh, the gray sports almanac. And, and Season 2 of Back to the Future, the podcast, will be centered around 
Back to the Future Part 2. So we're going to have a lot of interesting discussions about that. But let, let's let's talk about Part 2 because um, a lot of people – and we're going to get into this um, on the on the season premiere. This is like a mid – this is like an in-between Season 1 and Season 2 special presentation. Um, but let's talk a little bit about Back to the Future Part 2 because um, a lot of people um, who aren't hardcore fans like us – kind of uh, disregard part two. I mean, aside from the hoverboard, they really write it off as a bad sequel. And I completely disagree. Um, I I can make an argument that it's the strongest of the trilogy. Um, what do you think, David? What do you think about Back to the Future part two um, when you first saw it? What were your like, kind of general, your general consensus? I mean, when I first saw it, and I guess to a certain extent, when the general population saw it, what everyone takes away from it is the future and this vision of the future. When in reality, it's only the first half of the movie or even the first quarter of the movie that's, that takes place in the future. But the rest of it is kind of uh, a dark, uh, brooding kind of movie. Um, and I definitely appreciate that as well over the years. Um, that the context that takes place, a lot of people don't realize that it's it's a part two of a three-part story. So... I guess as a as a as a movie on its own, it wouldn't really be that great. But when you put them all together as part of the trilogy, which is you know what it was supposed to be, it it's really it really holds up. No, you know you make a good point that it's a part of a trilogy. Um, when when you think of the, the the great trilogies in cinematic history, you think the part two was always the darkest. You think about Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, the darkest of the, of the original trilogy. We can talk about that fourth one maybe at a later date. Um, and then you think about Star Wars, the original trilogy, uh, The Empire Strikes Back was was the darkest of the three. Um, what do you think though, uh, uh, Norm? What do you think about part two? What is your kind of thoughts about the movie? Well, yeah, it's. I agree with you. Uh, kind of paralleling those other trilogies, that it's easily the darkest of the three. Um, but I think probably again, yeah. You ask me tomorrow, my answer may change. But today, part two might be my favorite of the trilogy, and kind of that 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 pre-opening credit sequence where they're re re portraying the end of Back to the Future Part One, and Doc is you know celebrating having just sent Marty back to the future and that the orchestra fires up and Marty comes running around the corner and starts running towards the camera and towards doc. That's when I realized that this, this movie is going to be something special that this, this, the attention to detail in what was this character doing in the first movie and what, what's that same exact character going to be doing at the same exact time in a different part of the scene. It's, it's, it's just mind blowing, actually. No, it really is. I mean, to think to think that you're you're a filmmaker and your choice is you know because they had the, the the gag, the joke at the end of the first movie where you know Doc pulls up in in the in the driveway, the McFlies, and he hits the trash cans over, and he's wearing these weird futuristic garbs, and he says, "Marty, we got to go back to the future." Um, and you know, and then to to take that joke and then base a whole movie around. That premise, 
I mean, is incredible. And, and as a filmmaker and a writer, I'm sure Bob and Bob went crazy trying to figure out how are we going to go back into the first movie to make this sequel. And, the, and this is what we're going to have to talk about um, when it comes to the kickoff show, uh, uh, season one. I mean, uh, episode one of season two of Back to the Future, the podcast. I'm really excited, guys. I think we're going to have we're going to take the people on a journey. Um, uh, into that second movie, I think we need to do some character analysis. We're going to do some some celebrity guest interviews from the second movie. Um, working on some right now, guys. Um, so if you're a fan of the Back to the Future, the podcast, you're really going to enjoy season two with David and with Norm over there. Um, from you know, we're here. We are. We're from Texas, Florida, and Pennsylvania, and we're going to make this thing work out um, to uh, for the entire world to express our love for Back to the Future. Um, any closing thoughts you want to say, David? Uh, what fans should expect from season two of the podcast? Anything you want to add on? Just uh, if you're a fan like we are, um, just be prepared for you know some pretty interesting analysis, dissection, and some good times. You know that's all I can say. What about you, Norm? Any any closing thoughts? I would just say, based on the conversations that we've had prior to this, there's there's going to be some some interesting angles to the movie that we're going to have an opportunity to kind of discuss. Uh, Loved season one of Back to the Future, the podcast. I am hoping to do my best with you and David to make season two even better. With no disrespect meant to the effort you put forth for the first season of the podcast because it was magnificent. But I think when you bring people who are passionate about the same thing in different ways to the table to discuss it, then everybody wins. Well, you know, and I think it's going to be great because, I mean, we have... You know, for me, you know, we have like different views because for me, these this uh, this series was out and in theaters and on home video before I was even born. Um, so you know, I'm born in the '90s. I don't know if that's a if I'm ringing off any alarms for y'all. And then I know you know, David, you're from um, I, you know, you're from Ireland, so we could talk about the global appeal of these movies. And, and Norm, you, you got to see some of these movies in theaters, and maybe even have a deeper understanding than than David and I would. So I mean, this this is going to be an incredible season of Back to the Future the podcast. I can't wait to get started, guys. I mean, it's going to be insane. We are going to be back with season with I keep wanting to say season one with episode one of season two um, in late September. Um, we just kind of wanted to get together right now and and kind of get to know each other on air and let y'all get to know me a little more and the two new co-hosts, David and Norm. So uh, for, for, for David, for Norm, I'm Brad Gilmore. We are your friends in time, and we will see y'all in the future. Brad Gilmore Show On Demand is meant for entertainment purposes only and does not mean to infringe on any copyrights of Back to the Future, its characters, its audio clips, or its music. Hope to see you again in the future. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. 
It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards.